This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I just take a picture and take a video. Oh, so cold. The cold snap already causing cancellations and chaos on the roads as B.C. braces for near-record low temperatures this week. Plus... The benefit of the boosters is keeping you out of hospital. Boosters give optimism on keeping Omicron at bay. A look at why many of those eligible aren't signing up to get one. And... It's actually the line is crazy, but inside it's not that bad. Those braving the cold and Omicron in search of Boxing Day bargains. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. A major Christmas weekend snowstorm is now giving way to frigid and extreme conditions on parts of the south coast. And they're expected to stick around for days. Kamil Kermali joins us from Vancouver with more on what we should be prepared for. Kamil. Nita, we're here at the Van Dusen Botanical Gardens, which was closed throughout the day today because of those cold, wintry conditions. But now, if you see here, they open their doors at 4 o'clock. And a lot of people are choosing to brave the cold. A long lineup here. Uh, some of these people had to cancel their plans earlier today because of the cold temperatures and because uh, these botanical gardens were closed and are now flocking in at night and if you take a look at this long lineup here it goes very far back this place not the only one though affected by the cold temperatures a quiet christmas winter wonderland turned into a morning filled with action shoveling sidewalks salting pathways the province including the south coast and fraser valley frozen solid sunday few willing to brave the cold those who did met with hazardous conditions drivers maneuvering slick icy roads no shortage of fender benders and rear enders how many layers are you wearing Lodge. For those traveling on foot, bone-chilling temperatures piercing through layers of protection. Oh, oh. my hand can't. I just take a picture and take a video. Oh, so cold. Van Dusen Botanical Gardens shutting down for the morning and early afternoon hours. Staff frantically trying to clear the pathways for the public. I think they should open it because people need to feel the Christmas, you know. It's so cold they can put, they can double coat and then they can see it. Thousands in Abbotsford battling the cold without any heat due to a power outage. Lots of concern for the city's most vulnerable. Surrey and Vancouver's sick community members stepping up and providing hot meals over the weekend to Vancouver's homeless. We have to help each other. We have to help the community. Who were grateful to be staving off hunger and the cold. It just lifts your spirits, you know. And it uh, brings tears to my, my eyes. Because I'm very grateful that uh, somebody outside the community or in the community cares about us too. 
The temperatures expected to plummet overnight. The city of Vancouver said it's opening up four warming centers and an additional six extreme weather response shelters. But homeless advocates say that's not enough. The Union Gospel Mission added 20 extra shelter beds. And now that need is outpacing even those extra beds. But says it's only just started to get back on its feet after taking in a surge of people during the November floods. We actually ended up having to turn away um, people a total of 100 times in the month of November, which is wild. Um, And that's even after having those extra spaces made available. Now it's had to turn even more homeless away, wondering how many people will be left out in the cold by the end of this month as the freezing temperatures continue. And with those cold temperatures set to continue throughout the week, uh, we spoke to UGM and they're very concerned about how many people they'll have to continue turning away throughout the week. This week, Nita, you can bet we'll be following that story very closely throughout the week. Back over to you. All right, Kama, we'll let you get back in your car and crank the heat. Thanks very much for that tonight. And conditions will be even colder in the Okanagan. With Arctic air flowing through BC's interior, record-breaking cold temperatures are forecast for the valley early this week. Today, there were several incidents on the slick roads and people out shoveling driveways and sidewalks after more snow fell overnight. And extreme cold forcing Sun Peaks to close down parts of the resort. The Burfield and Crystal chairlifts are shut down today. Same with the washrooms at the base of nearby Morrissey. Temperatures at the hill are a balmy minus 25 Celsius this afternoon with winds of 20 kilometers per hour. So the question is just how long can we expect these Arctic outflow conditions to last? Well, let's bring in meteorologist Yvonne Schell for the details. Yvonne? Most areas along the southern half of the province, Nithi, will continue to see these cold temperatures leading in towards our Wednesday and then moderating slightly for Thursday. But be prepared. Really, things kick up this evening. That cold Arctic air, strong outflow winds right across the province and all areas seeing overnight lows. These are the forecast lows into the minus double digits. But the big weather story with this extreme cold will be the wind chills. For most areas, along the southern half of the province. Wind chills into the minus 20s. Our overnight lows into the minus teens, but it's the wind chill and the northern and central regions of the province. Locally, wind chills feeling closer to minus 50 and along the coast, minus 20 to minus 30. The northern half of the province can continue to see the cold towards the end of this week and leading in towards the new year. So extreme cold right across the province. Near record lows are anticipated and we are seeing the potential for another round of snow in the long range. That coming up very shortly. Nathan? All right. Thanks so much, Yvonne. Parts of the town of Smithers remains on evacuation alert due to potential flooding from ice jams in the Bulkley River. As of noon on Christmas Day, the river exceeded bankful due to an ice jam. The evacuation alert already in place for people living in the 2100 blocks of Riverside Drive and Main Street was expanded to include the fall fairgrounds in the 2700 block of Pacific Avenue. Residents of those low-lying areas should be prepared to leave at a moment's notice in the event of flooding. A plea from police and family of a woman who's been missing for nearly a week. Crystal Flynn was last seen on Monday, December 20th. The 38-year-old is described as being 5 foot 7 inches tall, 160 pounds with reddish-brown hair and hazel eyes. She was last seen wearing a black toque, black leggings and blue runners. UBC RCMP say they're very concerned for her well-being. If you know of her whereabouts, you're asked to call your local police or Crime Stoppers.
And Richmond RCMP are asking for your help to find a missing 24-year-old man. Mohammed Hamada was last seen just before 8 a.m. on Wednesday, December 22nd in the 7,000 block of Westminster Highway. He's not been seen or heard from since. Hamada's family and police are concerned for his well-being. Well, the fears about the spread of the Omicron variant right now has many asking when they'll get their booster or third dose. But as Paul Johnson reports, B.C.'s health minister says thousands of invitations sent out for booster shot appointments have yet to be answered. Getting the vaccine, then getting the boost from a third shot. Whatever your personal beliefs, you'll find the views of the medical community on this to be practically unanimous. As Omicron is spreading, um, we are seeing from around the world that people who either have one or two vaccines are more likely to get infected than those who have boosters. The other benefit of boosters is that it is looking more and more like that it will keep you out of the hospital. Free, available and effective. Presumably, boosters would be a high priority for British Columbians who are eligible. But as we've learned from nearly a year of mass vaccination, these things are not straightforward. We still have unbuilt capacity and are urging people to book when they receive their invitation. Despite strong demand by many who want the booster but aren't yet eligible, the province is seeing a staggering number of booster appointments going unbooked. In the first three weeks of January, 203,000 are not yet booked, with more appointments going up every day. So far, there's not a lot of information about why so many booster shot opportunities aren't being booked. Vaccine hesitancy seems less likely, as these would all be people who've already had two shots. It's possible many are facing time pressure over the holidays, and perhaps some have actually come down with an Omicron infection and aren't feeling up to it. Whatever the reasons are, the gap could even widen as the age eligibility is set to drop several times in the coming days. Health Minister Adrian Dix offered this piece of advice. If you're receiving an invitation, it is it, right now it is because you're in a category of people either due to age or other circumstances where you should get your third dose and get it now. Paul Johnson, Global News. BC's health ministry is expected to release three days of COVID-19 case numbers tomorrow following the Christmas weekend. The numbers in Ontario so concerning that the data was released over the holidays with more than 9,800 new cases today. On Christmas Day, it was the third day in a row that the province broke its record for daily case counts with more than 10,400 infections. In Quebec, new restrictions are now in effect. Starting today, private gatherings are limited to six people or two family bubbles. The province is reporting about 8,000 new cases today, following more than 9,200 new infections yesterday. Some B.C. physicians are asking people to delay non-urgent care until after the Omicron risk abates. Doctors of B.C. confirms a few offices and clinics have chosen to ask their patients to cancel or not book non-urgent appointments in the coming weeks, but it's not widespread. The Voluntary Association of 14,000 Physicians, Residents and Medical Students says there's no official guidance from the Medical Association yet. It's a rapidly evolving situation as the next month is expected to pose a significant challenge on the resources in our healthcare system. We know that even seemingly routine and non-urgent things can prevent 
serious life-threatening problems down the line. And so we want people to still be able to have access to that type of care and to have um, those, those types of procedures and tests and visits performed. But we have to balance that with the fact that in other jurisdictions and other countries, we have seen um, Omicron cases really take off very, very rapidly and that healthcare systems can get overwhelmed by that. Well, when it reopens tomorrow, at least one Canadian retailer will not be welcoming the general public into its stores. Lee Valley Tools announcing late Friday that it's temporarily changing the way customers can shop because of the Omicron variant. The store will be open for curbside delivery and in-person shopping by appointment only until January 10th. The CEO announcing the change in an email to customers saying he knows not everyone will agree with the decision, but he's putting the health and safety of staff first. And after the break, shopping amid a COVID surge. The stores are limiting the amount of people inside. Boxing Day leads to long lineups outside stores, even with rising Omicron cases. And later. There may be more witnesses that have not come forward what we're learning about a former BC realtor now charged with child sex offenses. Well, for so long, for so many, hunting for deals has been the thing to do on the day after Christmas. So how busy was it given the pandemic as well as the cold and snow? Well, as Grace Key reports, many dedicated shoppers found a way to find those Boxing Day bargains in person, even with the growing trend of online shopping. People started lining up outside the Best Buy in Burnaby at 5 in the morning. Maybe it was the snow or Omicron, but this Boxing Day was noticeably quieter. This is the first time I've seen Boxing Day this quiet, to tell you the truth. Industry analysts say with COVID, you won't see the big traditional door crashers. Instead, businesses are offering sales over several days or weeks. We have been uh, having amazing deals throughout the month, um, so that allows our customers to shop. There's three different ways for our customers to shop. Uh, they can reserve it online and pick up in store, or else they can do curbside pickup as well. So that allows our customers to shop throughout the month, um, so then they don't all have to rush in in one day. Retailers have been hit with various supplies supply shortages, but Visions Electronics in Vancouver is seeing some savvy shoppers who know exactly what they want. People, they know what they want. They already do the homework, come in and uh, grab the thing they like and then move on. So it's really good and really fast. MacArthur Glen Designer Outlet is offering Boxing Day sales throughout the week with extended hours to allow for a safer shopping environment. The longest line was at the Nike store where some stood out in the cold for an hour. I bought a pair of shoes like which is like 180 bucks but I bought it 100 bucks so oh, okay. it's not bad. I got this, it was $50 off from Ritzia. So yeah, I think the sales were pretty good. This is actually for my mom. So I got a purse. Um, I want to say like 180. We might not get the discounts uh, we're used to getting um, because if you if you already have short inventory, um, you know you're not. Uh, I mean, the stores are not incentivized to really sell the rest that. Uh, 
at a deep discount. Online sales have gone up, but data shows most people still prefer to shop in a store, even in the snow during the pandemic. People's jewelers had the 40% off sales, so she got a new diamond bracelet. And <laughs> other than that, it's getting crazy in here, and I want to go home yeah. <laughs> really badly. <laughs> Grace Key, Global News. Still ahead, the life and legacy of Desmond Tutu. That goodness is going to overcome evil. A look back on the equality activist pursuit of justice and peace. Plus, charges are dropped against journalists arrested during the enforcement of a coastal gas link pipeline injunction. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Surrey RCMP's Internet Child Exploitation Unit is leading the investigation into a former real estate agent accused of more than a dozen sex offenses involving minors. Kristen Robinson has more on the charges Paul Atanasov is facing and the police appeal to the community. Today I was door knocking in British Properties, West Vancouver. As a realtor, Paul Atanasov was busy. Mr. Seller, let me share with you what we're going to cover today. The 25-year-old Surrey agent who rehearsed conversations with potential clients. Now, why don't we take a minute and show me around your home? Will that be okay? In a series of YouTube videos. Tell me more about that. Now charged with 14 offenses, allegedly committed between June and October, including sexual assault, sexual interference of someone under 16, possessing and making or publishing child pornography, and telecommunicating to lure a child under 16. There may be more witnesses that have not come forward, have not talked to the police at this point. So we do want the other people to know if you have any information regarding this person for these investigations, please give us a call. Sutton Premier Realty says a Tanisov was licensed with the company for about two years. When RCMP informed them he'd been arrested and released without charges in July, Sutton turned in his license to the Real Estate Council. And you said you were moving to Fraser Heights, right? The former realtor released on 17 conditions after his December arrest, including no contact with the five alleged victims, abiding by a 9 p.m. to 6 a.m. curfew, staying away from public parks, community centers, theaters, school or playgrounds, no contact with anyone under 16, not accessing any computer network or the Internet, and surrendering all travel documents. These are very strict conditions that are being monitored by a bail supervisor as well as police. I knocked 50 doors in a row and I got 10 phone numbers and I got two listing appointments. A Tanisov is booked for a court appearance January 14th. Kristen Robinson, Global News. We tried to reach a Tanisov at the Surrey address listed on his documents, but no one answered the door today. Charges are no longer being pursued against two journalists who were arrested last month as they reported on the RCMP's enforcement of an injunction at a pipeline construction site in northern B.C. The Canadian press reports that documents filed with the B.C. Supreme Court show the company building the coastal gas link pipeline 
filed notices to discontinue the proceedings against photojournalist Amber Bracken and documentarian Michael Toldano. The pair had been charged with civil contempt of court and were conditionally released by a judge three days after they were arrested, along with members of the Gidimden clan who oppose pipeline construction in the Wet'suwet'en territory. The world is in mourning today for the passing of an uncompromising foe of apartheid in South Africa. Anglican Archbishop Desmond Tutu died today in Cape Town. As Sean O'Shea reports, he's being remembered for passionate and tireless activism for racial justice and equality. I'm always a man of hope and I, I believe the best about everybody. Archbishop Desmond Tutu spent a lifetime struggling for change in South Africa. Optimistic the apartheid policy in his home country would end one day and that black South Africans could be treated as equals. Justice is going to win. That goodness is going to overcome evil. He was known as South Africa's voice of conscience, determined to see the end of a racial divide. And nothing, absolutely nothing that anyone can do, will do, is going to stop that. He's passionate about human rights. Uh, for everybody. Uh, he didn't, you know, he, he absolutely uh, called it as he saw it anywhere he went, anywhere around the world. The Nobel Peace Prize for 1984. Tutu won the highest honors for that passion, insisting he share any credit. It's very heartwarming, but then it is our prize. Years later, Tutu received the Presidential Medal of Freedom from Barack Obama, who today called Tutu a mentor and moral compass. Free at last. Tutu began his career as a teacher in the 60s, but quit in disgust over apartheid policies, setting a course that would guide the rest of his life. While it was Nelson Mandela who led South Africa out of apartheid to an era of reconciliation, Tutu never stopped pushing. As soon as the new government was formed, there was Desmond Tutu criticizing the new government and saying, still problems with human rights, still issues with corruption. He said the end of apartheid was a wise business move. The corporations understood the logic of money even when they weren't swayed by the dictates of morality. Tutu's legacy. Joy, justice, and peace. Desmond Tutu was 90 years old. Sean O'Shea, Global News. And UBC President Santa Ono joining the chorus of locals paying tribute to Desmond Tutu today. Ono tweeting out that Tutu championed the transition to a non-racial democratic society, adding that he was awarded an honorary doctorate in 2004 during a visit with the Dalai Lama to BC. Victory is good if it makes you magnanimous. Defeat is good if it makes you caring. That was Desmond Tutu in an interview with the Dalai Lama. And during a speech at the Chan Center, he let his sense of humor shine through. What's your, what's your message going to be today? My vice chancellor says a few words. <laughs> now, have you ever met a minister <laughs> who was going to utter a few words. <laughs> no, did you hear the story of the preacher <laughs> who went on for a long time? Eventually said, what more can I say? And somebody in the back said, amen.
Prime Minister Justin Trudeau tweeting the world is a better place because Tutu was in it. Again, Desmond Tutu was 90 years old. And coming up next, taking a dip despite the deep freeze. Why in the world these friends decided to jump into a Port Moody lake today? Stay with us. Well, it was an unusual sight for skiers and snowboarders enjoying the powder on Christmas Day on Whistler Mountain. The Creekside gondola was temporarily halted at about 1 o'clock yesterday when one of the gondolas suddenly halted, causing a chain reaction with the gondolas behind it. A spokesperson for Vail Resort says the gondolas were properly spaced in a matter of minutes and no one was hurt. Yet no word on what caused the problem. Well, two dedicated sub-zero swimmers braved freezing temperatures for a freshwater dip today. Uh, bit chilly. It's cold. It's very cold. No kidding. The Hayak Masters Swim Club members shivering after experiencing the one-degree waters of Sassamat Lake this afternoon. Claire Nickel and her swimming partner Anders waded in while the air temperature was a cool minus seven degrees. The pair spent 10 minutes in the water at first chilling and then swimming. A group of six swimmers usually takes the plunge every weekend through the winter, but on Boxing Day, only these two showed up. They say warming up was the hardest part. Cheers. Look at this, they're frozen. Frozen to my, closer frozen to my thing. <laughs> I can feel my eyeballs shaking around in my head. So what's the hardest part of warming up? Uh, it just takes forever. You get colder and colder for about, well, depends. At least 20 minutes, I think. You keep getting colder. Yeah. Well, hopefully at the time of this <laughs> broadcast, they have now warmed up and they're cozy at home and feeling well after that dip. Uh, but Yvonne, it sounds like temperatures are just continuing to dip this week. Yeah, we're going to see that, especially with the wind chilled, strong outflow winds. This is the big weather story and it's dangerous for many areas across the province. And we're seeing the risk of frostbite for many areas within minutes. We're currently sitting at minus 10. We've got a southeasterly wind at 13 kilometers per hour. Here's the feels like temperatures right now across the province with the northeastern corners near the peace feeling like minus Minus 42 terrorists inland for the northern half of the province into the minus 30s. And areas near Kelowna right now feeling like minus 28. Metro Vancouver minus 16. Overnight tonight, we'll see temperatures minus 10, but with the wind chill feeling like minus 20. We've got a bright start to the morning, dry conditions with some sunshine and then an increase in cloud cover through the day. We could see a few isolated flurries for the evening and overnight, but not much in terms of accumulation. Extreme cold right across the province with extreme cold warning for the north and central regions. Wind chills locally minus 15 and many areas along the coast extending in towards the south coast with the Arctic outflow warning continuing all the way in towards our Wednesday along the southern half of the province. A bit of a reprieve as temperatures moderate through a Thursday, Friday. And we are also looking at the return and potential for some snowfall. Snow is uh, falling, though, for the northern half of the province. For coastal areas, it intensifies for this evening. The northern tip of Vancouver Island could see some snowfall through the day. And this same weather maker, as it moves its way towards the south, could give us the chance for some flurries. And that'll be towards the evening hours and then tapering off quite quickly for a Tuesday. We've got plenty of sunshine on deck. But the big weather story will be the temperatures, the snowfall along the northern half of the province, strong outflow winds. The northeastern corners tomorrow, temperatures just getting up to minus 30 as daytime highs. 
highs. And I anticipate that we're going to see record lows over the next few days for many areas across the province. Southern half for tomorrow will have a nice dry start to the morning and increase in cloud cover through the afternoon. Chance for some flurries, very slight as we get in towards the evening hours on Monday. Along the south coast, so be prepared. Extreme cold over the next few days. It kicks up and then we'll see a slight reprieve as we get in towards our Wednesday. The potential for snowfall does pop up and that looks to be Wednesday night. Heavy at times, potentially in towards our Thursday. It's still a few days out. That's the chance for some snowfall and then once again Friday leading in towards our New Year's Day. But for tomorrow morning, a heads up, very chilly with the wind chill, feeling closer to minus 20. Nithu? All right. Thanks very much, Yvonne. Well, a team of professional astronomers in Halifax is still buzzing a day after the Christmas Day launch of a new space telescope that aims to provide groundbreaking insight into the very first galaxies ever formed in the universe. Alexa McLean has more details on the historic launch and the integral role Halifax scientists will play in the James Webb Space Telescope's journey. Scientists around the world, including a team of astronomers in Halifax, have waited more than two decades for this celebratory moment that came on Christmas Day. It was a very, very emotional moment, even over Zoom. The James Webb Space Telescope is now en route to its target destination called L2, where it will circle around the sun at the same speed as Earth. Separation Webb Space Telescope. Go Webb! It's one and a half million kilometers away. It takes about uh, four weeks for Webb to get there. During its journey, the telescope will unfold its instruments, including the largest mirror ever sent to space to collect light with, readying itself to observe never-before-seen parts of the universe through infrared technology. If you want to study these uh, first galaxies that formed after the Big Bang and uh, and take their pictures and take their uh, study their properties, uh, those galaxies are so far away that their light has been shifted into infrared wavelengths. By the time the astronomer team here at St. Mary's University starts receiving data from Webb, Tuke season will be out the window. It will be summer 2022. And they're not only tasked with receiving hundreds of hours worth of information, they also have to come up with the software to figure out how to interpret it. We're part of a, a, a collaboration called Canucks. This is to study uh, the first galaxies in the universe and the growth of these galaxies over subsequent billions of years. Researchers say unlocking the history behind the creation of the first galaxies is key to understanding the origin of life as we know it. Looking back in time to the epoch of the first stars is is our way to understand how these um, constituents that, that ended up in us were made. Where do we come from? Ultimately, the story of our origins. Alexa McLean, Global News, Halifax. Pretty cool stuff, as I'm sure is the case for our upcoming sports cast. Barry's here now for a preview. Barry. I thought you were going to say speaking about this world. <laughs> here I that am. too. <laughs> uh, yeah, busy day in sports. Canucks back on the ice practicing after their uh, long Christmas break due to the uh, COVID suspension of playing the NHL. Some interesting comments from Tyler Myers uh, about maybe the NHL should... Uh, be more like the NBA and NFL and uh, get on with it a little bit more. So we'll hear from Tyler coming up. Seahawks, well, officially eliminated from the playoffs today. Highlights of that. And the World Juniors, Team Canada playing their first game. Highlights of that as well. All right. Thanks very much for that, Barry. Also ahead, a look back on a second year of pandemic life. How COVID-19 shaped and shifted lives in B.C. 
Richard Zussman has a look back on 2021 next. Well, in this final week of the year, it often has many of us reflecting on the year that was. And while most of us anticipated having to still deal with the impact of COVID-19 in 2021, not many of us could have foreseen the many twists and turns of the pandemic here in B.C. Here's Richard Zussman with a look back. Vaccines, variants, verifications. COVID-19 in B.C. in 2021. In January, the province kicking off the largest immunization plan in BC's history. It is all about marrying a vaccine that we have with risk that we have. The plan twofold, age on one side, priority workers on the other. Then came the next V, variants. Delta leading to record-breaking cases, hospitalizations and COVID deaths. Followed by harsher restrictions, including this. The time has come to formally restrict non-essential travel. Eventually cases going down and the province charting a path forward. We in BC have taken the steps that we need to get to a place where we can see the end of this pandemic, that light at the end of the tunnel. By mid-June travel was back on across BC. By July 1st masks were gone in public spaces. But then the pandemic of the unvaccinated. Starting in Kelowna by late July, the region a hot spot. We've seen a very rapid increase in cases here um, in the central Okanagan. Then Northern Health, same situation, low vaccination leading to high transmission. More than 100 COVID patients flown out of the region due to a hospital system under pressure. This is very significant, very significant uh, challenge for our healthcare system. And with that light at the end of the tunnel disappearing, the next V, verification. In September, BC becoming the second jurisdiction in Canada to require pre-vaccine for restaurants, gyms, sporting events and concerts. We all have to unite once again with a common purpose to see the BC vaccine card as a way to get to those places where we want to be. BC about to get a boost for the booster shot program no matter what happens to the gap between doses. Many more pharmacies are about to come online being able to deliver that COVID vaccine. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria. And coming up, Barry's back with a full sports cast. And later, how one woman gave two obese dogs a second chance at life after her foster fails led to a forever home. Support BC's kids with special needs through the Variety Tree of Hearts. Simply donate at treeofhearts.ca while sharing your inspiring message to a Variety child, which we'll post on a virtual Tree of Hearts. Plus, each day we'll read one lucky donor's message live on Global News Morning. Heritage Christmas presented by Concord Pacific returns this year to the Burnaby Village Museum. Take a ride on the restored 1912 C.W. Parker Carousel, wander the village and take in all the lights, history and seasonal entertainment. For RBC, I'm Michael Newman. If you want to know, it's on the house. If you want to show, it's on the house. If you want to go, it's on the Global BC Community Hub. Navigate your now. All right, Barry's back for a full look at sports. Barry, what's making sports headlines on this Boxing Day? Mm, well, the Canucks, they seem to make headlines all the time, mm-hmm. don't they? They, uh, they <laughs> were back on the ice this afternoon practicing for what they hope will be a game Wednesday in Anaheim. So far, five Canucks games have been postponed because of the league-wide COVID outbreak. Canucks haven't played since December 16th when they beat the Sharks to stay a perfect 6-0 under Bruce Boudreaux. Today, Boudreaux said 
that Alex Chason is the only Canuck in COVID protocols right now. The NHL has been the only North American pro sports league to completely shut down. The NFL and NBA are powering through mostly because players have only been suffering mild symptoms when testing positive for COVID. I think as players, the most frustrating part is seeing what other sports leagues are doing. And it seems uh, as if we're heading the opposite direction as that. So it's, um, you know, I think it's a little confusing for us. So, I, you know, I, it seems like there's something new happening, you know, by, you know, each and every day. So, uh, you know, I, I think the only thing we can do as players, as I said it before, is focus on the things we can control. And, you know, just make sure we're ready when the time comes to, to come back. You know, it, it is frustrating. Um, I think a lot of people thought we were on the way out of this and, and you kind of get hit with it again. Um, you know, though some are taking a different approach uh, with with maybe more mild symptoms um, and seemingly most people. But, you know, I'll, I'll let the doctors in the league, you know, speak on the protocols. Um, you know, I, I'm not qualified or educated to to make a heavy statement on that. I just know, you know the guys in the room and from what I've heard across the league, guys want to find a way to play as many games as we can. Well, the World Junior faced off today in Alberta. Team Canada, very well represented by BC players, taking on the Czech Republic, or Czechia, as they now like to be called. Last year in the Edmonton bubble, no fans were allowed. This year was to be full capacity before COVID intervened last week, but at least 50% capacity gives the young Canadians some much-needed fan support. Victoria-born Dylan Garand plays for the Kamloops Blazers, starting for Canada in goal. First period, Mason McTavish, who started the year with the Anaheim Ducks showing off his superb skill. This is a an amazing solo effort as he finishes it off top shelf, one nothing Canada. But then the uh, Czechia explode for three goals. They tied it, and then on the power play, Pavel Novak with the one timer to beat Garand to make it two to one. And then a minute later, Stanislav Zvoziel walks around the defense and roofs it short side. That's a great goal, three one. Czechia, Dave Cameron, the uh, Canadian head coach, calls timeout to settle down the troops, and it worked. Canada got two before the end of the first. Connor Bedard, the phenom out of North Van, starts the rush. Cole Perfetti finds Donovan Sabrango. A wild first period. It was 3-3 as uh, Bedard did get an assist on that goal. He's the youngest player in the tournament at just 16. Second period, Canada 5-on-3. Cole Perfetti to Owen Power. His one-timer for the second of the game made it 4-3 Canada. And still on a 5-on-3, it's Power again. This time on the rebound. What's he doing down by the goal line? Gets his hat-trick goal. The number one pick by the Sabres in last year's draft. 5-3 Canada. And in the third, yet another power play goal. Owen Zellweger snaps it under the bar. Fifth goal of the game for Canadian defensemen as Canada wins at 6-3. They'll play Austria on Tuesday. And we'll also show you one game from uh, Russia and Sweden. Two teams who figure to be in the gold medal mix. Swedes up 2-0 in the second. Two-man power play and it's Emil Andre who makes it 3-0 Sweden. Third period. Russia cut the lead to 4-3 but Theodore Niederbach with a nice solo effort going five hole. Sweden beats Russia 6-3. Neither of these teams in Canada's round. Robin Poole. NFL today from snowy Seattle. Seahawks and Bears. Tyler Lockett back in the lineup after missing the Rams games due to COVID. First quarter Russell Wilson 
This is the way he can throw the deep ball. Finds DK Metcalf for the 42-yard touchdown. 7-0 Seattle. As uh, these teams coming out firing in the snow, you'd expect a low-scoring game, but it wasn't. Second quarter now tied, but the Seahawks drive the field, and it's Rashad Penny for the touchdown. He is starting to play the way Seattle hoped when they drafted him in the first round a few years ago. 17-7, Seahawks at the half. Third quarter, Bears get closer. Khalil Herbert finds a big hole, a 20-yard touchdown run. It's 17-14, but the Seahawks answer, Russell Wilson with a nice throw to Gerald Everett in the seam here. It's another touchdown for Seattle. 24-yard pass, and it's 24-14 Hawks. They looked in control, but the Bears wouldn't go away. Late fourth, down seven. Chicago looking for the tie, and Nick Foles finds former Seahawk Jimmy Graham for the touchdown, 24-23. Bears go for two in the win. Why not? They're already eliminated from the playoffs. And Folds finds Demir Bird at the back of the end zone. Bird with an amazing play to get both feet down. Bears led 25-24 with a minute to go. Seahawks had to be stunned. They still had a chance to get the field goal to, to uh, win it, but on fourth down, it's incomplete, and mercifully, the Seahawks lose. They're out of the playoff chase. They drop to 5-10, and 10, and you have to figure big changes coming in Seattle. Rams and Vikings, L.A. with a chance to clinch a playoff spot with the win. The Vikings in the hunt for the wild card. Third quarter, Rams up three, extend the lead to 10. Thanks to this 61-yard punt return for the touchdown by Brandon Powell, 20-10. to 10, Los Angeles flipping over that. And then in the fourth, Matthew Stafford to Odell Beckham Jr., a seven-yard touchdown, and the Rams clinch a spot in the NFC playoffs with a 30-23 win over Minnesota. Bucks and Panthers, Tom Brady shut out last week for the first time in over a decade. Not this week. Brady will find Cameron Brait for the four-yard touchdown that made it 19 to 6 for the Bucks and Tampa really cruised in this one Ronald Jones with a 7-yard touchdown run 32-6 the final as the Bucks clinched the NFC South they are playoff bound they are 11 and 4 in the AFC we've got the Bills and the Patriots both vying for the AFC East title. Second quarter, Josh Allen will find Stephon Diggs for the 12-yard touchdown. 17-7, Bills at the half. Buffalo's had an up-and-down season. They're going to have to fight their way into the playoffs. But fourth quarter, a five-point lead. They decide to go for it on fourth down. And what a play by Josh Allen. Great move to get the first down by the Bills quarterback. And then Allen will seal the deal with this two-yard touchdown pass as he shovels it to Dawson Knox. Bills, an impressive 33-21 win on the road at Foxborough. Both teams 9-6, and six, but the Bills lead the division based on a better divisional record. Also, Kansas City Chiefs been dominant since a slow start. Overmatched the Steelers today. KC would get their eighth straight win. Patrick Mahomes to Byron Pringle, and it's already 14-0 Kansas City in the first quarter. Third quarter, same combination. Mahomes will uh, get the touchdown pass to Pringle. Even without Travis Kelsey today, the Chiefs roll 36-10. Casey's the first team to clinch a playoff spot in the AFC. The Steelers 7-7-1. They are below the playoff bar. NBA Raptors in Cleveland wraps with 10 regulars in COVID protocols, including Van Vliet, Barnes, and Yanobi and Siakam. So basically all their top guys, but they signed four replacement players to have the minimum eight-man squad. The NBA saying you gotta play on. They stayed close early. Yuta Watanabe hits the floater. Raps were down just one after one, but then the Cavaliers 
put the pedal down. Dean Wade with the alley-oop jam. Cavs led by 17 at the half, and they really stretched it out in the second half against the undermanned Raptors, but it gave Kevin Pangos, the Canadian, a chance to get some floor time for Cleveland. He hits the three. 144-99, the final wraps are 14-16, and 16. but the NBA making them play through their team COVID outbreak. And Premier League action today. First place, Manchester City, home to Leicester. This match was full of goals. Man City pumping in four in the first half. Kasper Schmeichel getting a hand on the cross, but Ilke Gundawan with the rebound. 4-0 at the half, Man City. Leicester, though, mounts a strong second-half comeback. Three goals in ten minutes. James Madison rocking it off the bar. Kalechi Iannaccio pouncing on the rebound. It's 4-3, to three, but Man City would put this away on this goal by Emmerich Laporte. Man City takes it 6-3. They remain top of the table, six points up on Liverpool. And that is it for sports. Neetu, back to you. All right, thanks so much, Barry. We'll be right back with the story of two obese dogs who got a second chance thanks to an Edmonton woman. Well, an Edmonton woman opened her heart to help an obese, abandoned dog get to a healthy weight, not just once, but twice. Sarah Comadina has the story. Woody knows he's a good-looking old dog. Are you more handsome? <gasps> yeah. He's a massive Malamute, but not like before. This big boy has dropped a whopping 100 pounds. Almost 210. Yeah, they actually weighed him on a cattle scale when they when they got him in, in Lethbridge. June 2020, Woody was found abandoned in a muddy creek in Coaldale. He appeared to be drowning. You know, Woody was 11 when we got him, and I can't imagine after 11 years been going, huh, okay, I'm done now. The rescue turned to Pam Hagee, an Edmonton woman who helped another big old boy. Over 200 pounds between them. It's about 205 pounds that they've lost. Where you go. Here's Kai. Had a boy. In 2018, his owners left him at a clinic to be put down. He weighed 173 pounds. He could barely stand. Hagee changed his life. I can't believe someone didn't love him enough to keep him. Kai is bonded with Hagee. He loves going to the dog park and long walks. He also has a job. Are you excited to be a therapy dog? <coughs> you ready to go? You kind of stick with them through thick and thin, and these guys literally <laughs> through thick and thin. As for Woody, it was believed he would be great on an acreage, but it didn't work out. He doesn't listen. He does whatever he wants. And I, I remember thinking, who has a Malamute in the city? Like, literally, who has a Malamute in the city? But I do. <laughs> Hagee was only supposed to foster these two, but Kai fit in so well. Are you hungry? In November, it was clear Woody would also be added to the pack, even if sometimes he gets a little desperate for snacks. I've always thought of myself more as a puppy person, but boy, these two old boys really stole my heart. These dogs spent years unable to really move. Now they have a safe and healthy place to live out their golden years.
Sarah Kwan Medina, Global News. Well, I can see why they stole her heart. You're so <laughs> sweet. Well, for anybody who needs to take their dog out for a walk this week, they better bundle up. Yeah, <laughs> temperatures are dropping. We will see them with the wind chill feeling into the minus 20s. The cold continues all the way in towards our Wednesday. And we are seeing the potential for Wednesday night into Thursday with the chance for some snow. But extreme cold right across the province over the next few days. As always, stay safe out there, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. The three of us will be back for Global News at 11. Have a great night. Good night. Good night.